Welcome to Blight and Boon. This is episode 12. In this episode Andrew and Dan look in depth at the life scenario, how it can be played, and what champions can perform well in it. You said let's record. I didn't actually know what we were recording for. Um, yeah, so after this bit, there'll be a bit of us talking in the past about our game. Yes. Our life tonight. Okay, yes. Um, but it didn't make a full episode, so... We can jabber on a bit more, so this was a bit... Yeah, so... Life scenario was called growth, the first scenario in the game. Yeah. You have a, a four-hex middle bit. Which is increased from the three it was originally. Yeah, to make it symmetrical. Yeah. So um, and if you lose a turn... You get to add a dice plus two yeah. hexes. So that's between two and four so hexes. Grows. Um, how do you think it plays as a scenario? I think it's actually. I like a lot of the God tier scenarios. I think it really dictates the flow of the game. Um, choosing to lose a round so you can grow the board is an option. It's, it's a bit of a bold option. Um, but growing the zone is a, is a good rubber band for losing a turn. Um, because. If you, if let's say you roll three, you can do a lot by growing a wall of three objective hexes. You can stop minions going from one, sorry, followers going from one end of the board to the other. You can make your, grow your zone off towards your champion. So flag planting is easier, which means you're choosing if you go first or second during the plot phase is another option. Maybe we're repeating the same thing we said earlier on, but it was weaker, it was weaker now. Uh, yes. <laughs> I think it benefits like ranged followers because followers can get walled off pretty easily by spokes of the zone going off. Yes. Followers who are caught in the scrum, because you can crazy be a scrum in the middle way fast. Mm. Followers can basically get walled off for me to move around. Yep. Like Roger's followers can be very, very good. Actually, you can just get locked into an area. And if so the zone... Think, um, if the half task minions make for that. Yeah, but if the zone grows into a big ball, also your followers... Are just locked out. They're not even. It's not even. They're walled off. They just physically can't get into places. So if you've got Rodri, who Rodri's followers want to be close to Rodri to get bonus armor, it's possible that Rodri's deep in the middle of the zones and they simply can't do that. It benefits place effects. It benefits models who can place themselves rather than move, like Sneaky Beat and his yeah. followers. It benefits uh, uh, splash lanes are very good. Um, yeah, um, movement shenanigans are very powerful in that scenario potentially because everyone's so close together. Like I think Wraith and Rid can love it for splashlings moving around and also his legendary could be pretty gross oh, Rangosh loved it as well didn't he although we're going to mention this again in a minute yeah, in left, yeah. because he can sort of <laughs> circle around the outside well you know where the game is going to happen the game is going to happen in a, essentially a 6 by 6 hex square um, yeah because that's where all the scoring zone is no champion is going to be far out which means any fast champion can pick his pick his or her moment to come screaming in to do something so Rangosh loves it he gets to hand around the edges planting flags on the edges away from things to be a nuisance and then come in when it's safe for him to do so which is the strangest thing in the world to consider that <laughs> big giant cow man is actually scared of things also early doors um, some shapers love it because they can move hexes or generate their own and there's so few hexes in the first place and they're so close together you can really change the entire scenario yes. area to benefit you However, late game, it might be all the hex shenanigans might be a bit redundant. There might be so many scoring 
zones in the same place, they got slightly less power. But I thought, yeah, maybe, because, you know, having one objective hex in, uh, one hex compared to a different hex could make or break a turn. That's, that's, that's God tier. That's what's, one hex is very important. So, um, what's my train of thought? So yes, objective hex placement is very powerful. However, for this one specifically, um, I think it can lead to them falling off how powerful they were. Unlike, so for example, Quest with only four scoring zones ever, making one or creating one is, is very powerful. Instead of growth by the time of turn four, you could have the potential of 10 scoring hexes on the pitch board. So all the early champions do you think don't like this scenario? No, actually. Um, off the top of my head, I think um, this scenario is good for all champions. There's an argument that Grim Charlotte might not like it very much. Because I think she might hate it because I think walling off an area with her vomitlings, whatever they're called, um, maybe less useful if close uh, together. I don't. I disagree yeah. in some ways because you can actually wall off the entire side of a, the growth point, yeah. and actually you can actually almost stop that. She would find it hard to move, hard to move diagonally. I think she, I think she would find it hard to get a decent kill on minions of followers because they're just not in the right places that she wants to kill them. Probably thinks she's not really about that anyway. Sometimes, um, yes. Well, she's a very strange uh, champion. Um, more on her later. I think. I think she's the only one that strikes me off the top of my head that won't like it. So, if you want to play a scenario that your champion choice doesn't really matter for the scenario, I think Grace is a great choice for that. You're not by picking a champion. You're not going to be disadvantaged by your scenario pick. Yeah, um, and you know it's a good scenario to have in a game that like that. So you don't want, and what I mean by that, if that's not clear, you don't want a slow champion necessarily in a wildly spaced game, like knowledge, for example, maybe. But this one, yeah, I think everybody does really well in it. So that's growth, and then life, 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 growth. We call it interchangeable. It's fine, and. Sorry, we're very bad about remembering the story names. Um, and then we'll talk about it in the past. I can't remember what happened. I won. No, I remember that part. I can't remember what Sorry, that's about. in the past. Um, no, I have no idea. That was two weeks ago. A week ago? A week ago. Some, some time ago. Okay. Um, we probably said exactly the same things. Probably. Okay, on with the rest of it. This is an episode of Brighton Boon, episode number... 12? 12? We're in a car, it's hard to remember what numbers we are. Because um, <laughs> cars make the difference in numbers. Yeah, cars are hard to do with math. Um, played a game of God Tier today, which is funny because... Because yeah, uh, that's what you listen to it for. But we did it at Steamforge. At Steamforge HQ. Well, not really the HQ, more the shop next to HQ. Yeah, yeah. We, we weren't allowed inside the Inner Sanctum, but... No, it. no, no, no. The actual location made no difference to the game whatsoever. Um, Except we're in Manchester, and you know you see the sign a bit more. That's right. Um, but it makes the game feel better, right? Totally near the source. Yeah, close to the meat. <laughs> I don't know what it means. Um, <laughs> comments, please. <laughs> comments on what Andrew meant. No by one that. comments. Um, so, so yes, we play a game. What do we play? Uh, because we we went out to play in a location that wasn't my house. I wanted to play with models that were painted. Because I'm like that. Yeah, you did. Um, so it was a matchup between Rodri, Wraith Marid, and Blackjaw. Blackjaw, 
versus Titus, Rangosh and Shale. Now, we have in the past been, well, the native at Shale and Rangosh has been an ongoing concern for most people. Yeah. Um, we played the life scenario because the original scenario basically we have, well, it was three hexes, now it's four hexes in the middle and you fight it over the middle zone that grows and they grow the losing player the losing player puts hex down um so should we go through the how each character performed well, yeah sure should i go first yeah sure um so i had the rangosh shale and titus combo and essentially i wanted to use shale because we have been negative on him a lot and that's unfair without play time um and I shall continue to be negative. <laughs> um, In defence, I, I haven't finished. To be okay. fair, to be fair, um, his ultimate isn't. Last time I played Shale, his ultimate now seems to be different. It's now any number of hexes instead of a limited number of hexes within three hexes can be moved. Objective hexes, this is sorry. Um, models moved with them. Um, it was really good. We did it for a turn. We moved. I shifted the entire scoring zone. It seemed around. And it felt really, really powerful. And was really, really good. I liked that a lot. Um, Landslide was amazing. Him dying... Proper devastating. Early in the game. Yeah, he died turn one. But that meant you had a bit of hex yeah, just, in your board half. Yeah, out of nowhere. It was, it so was, I just went for him because I wanted to kill him because he was there. And yeah. basically got a hex out of it. It was really good. <laughs> it, was, it, was be- it was better him dying than, not survive- than surviving. And uh, I got to a, I also got to a horrible stage of going... In the plot phase, using Earthquake to move the evil dwarves, two hexes, and then immediately in the next clash phase, doing exactly the same thing. I'll tell you what, dwarves don't like being four hexes away from things. I'm not sure whether I like having the same skill in both phases in this game. <laughs> in general. In general, and why? Because it's it's it's, just, it's a bit it's a bit boring. Maybe only spam it, can't spam things. Bit, on you can you. spam things. Um, however, shale is boring okay if i have to say one thing about shale he is boring so in this game is a bit of a slightly changed one because landslide and shale got separated quite early in the game because landslide was being a hero blocking off rodri and shale was running away from people who wanted to hurt him which means that after shale put the flag in the plot phase he had three actions in the clash phase and literally could only do one of them he could move yeah so when he plants a flag he can get three actions yes but it's like, yeah. And do what with them? Yeah. He's got two actions clash phase. One is that he can move landslide if he's within three. I wasn't within three. And the other one is you can remove boons from opponents. My opponents didn't have any boons within two. Because two X's is, isn't very far for a model to be support. No. Who especially can't do anything when he gets if he gets engaged. He literally can't do anything. So he he didn't do anything. He had three actions and could move. It was just uh it was just luck cluster. It's like if he had one power that could give a boon out, for example, at least or something. But he just he didn't have that, do he? anything. Yeah, and it's just a real shame. I think he's got a lot of potential. I think it's just he's just been worked into a corner where he does do nothing. Even if you compare him to a champion that does loads and their followers don't do anything, even followers do something more than he does. Yeah. Um, so that's a shame. That was, that was, that's my rant of shale. Um, the things he does do, he does do very interestingly. Like slow on the plot phase is quite nice. Moving hexes around was quite good. His clash phase is just boring and dull and it's just like, oh, it's a shame. Um, but moving on from that, we use Rangosh. Now, Rangosh we decided to use very differently. 
And then they're charging up the middle trying to get a, a takeout nice and early. So the first two turns, you kind of stalked around the outside because it's largely an unchallenged area because growth pulled it one in the middle. Yeah, I had speed three in both phases. I walked around the outside of the score. Had the so. flag on a far... On a fax that was fairly far away due to the way the zones grew, but he kind of stalked around the outside, and because he had superior threat range, he could afford to kind of do it, and then he went in. Yeah, I didn't go into a campaign until turn three, um, and I killed Rodri with him on turn four. Um, I also found that even though I think he does die fairly easily once you get into Rangosh, I didn't have the right combination of heroes to keep him honest. No, no. I mean, Rodri can. Because his attacks can do a lot of damage, but Rodri was never close enough to do it. No, I stayed well away from Rodri. Because you can, because Rangosh is really fast. That's exactly that. I think, is he the fastest model? He's 3 and I three. think 3-3 three, three is the is fastest Lord model. That fast no, well? she's 3-2, I'm sure. I can't remember now. He's really fast, though. He's the only one with 3 in both phases. He's 3-3 three, three with a range to attack, they can pull you towards it as well. Yeah. And um, with an ultimate that moves him. Yeah. So he can move 5... In one in the plot phase, for example, and then three more in the clash phase, and still jawbreaker. Move three in the plot phase, then move two more and damage you, and in the clash phase, attack you twice more. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he might die as all that, but you, I think you pick, pick your time, and you don't. You want to throw him in when you want to get five steps on probably turn three, yeah. and turn three is the real, can be the real clincher, can't it? Yeah, and while he's doing that, he's planting flags in hard to reach places and crushing your opponent's flags. Because it's fast. And killing some outlying followers. He was really good. I mean, really good. And his followers are pretty good against my my dwarf because uh, your bandits do auto wounds on a hit. Auto wounds, yeah. That was killing the dwarfs, and they were shooting off splooshlings. Yeah, they were. And uh, splooshlings, of course, got dodge four. But once you get in past that dodge, they die to anything, don't they? They've got a three. Re- they've got a three hex range with their shoot. Yeah. So they were th- they were two to three hexes behind Rangosh at all times, shooting away. Yeah. Um, Star of the match, I think, easily. He was very, very good. Um, and then he's Titus. Um, but it was Titus versus Blackjaw, so my uh, honour seekers were very spread out all over the board and stabbing. They again went hunting sluchlings, two of them. Uh, opposite hexes did enough damage to keep them honest, and mostly they were used just to move a champion once hex in the plot phase. But still very good. And Titus is solid. There's not a lot to say to that. He's just solid. He walks up. He can do a bit of damage to champions. He can kill followers. He's pretty immune to Blackjaw's orcs because his bonuses versus small models. Unlike Blackjaw, Blackjaw followers don't want to be on one hex. You can fireball them. against Titus, if you're grouped together or a bit separated, he can still do things to you because he's two, two, two different attacks and different things. Yeah. Blackjaw's more of a new kind of single square, which can be good. Yeah, he, Blackjaw Tyson can get that. three actions as well. Tyson he can, yeah. Can't. Although... He gets pseudo three actions yeah. in, in one turn for his ultimate. Um, so, yeah, no, I would actually pick that list again if, if Shale just changed. And I'm not saying Shale is actually weak. Um, I think Landslide uh, puts Shale's power level up to a perfectly acceptable limit. Because I think Landslide is actually very powerful. I think he's boring. And I think he's boring because he does nothing in one of the phases. Um, yeah, and that's and that's that's my issue with Shale nowadays. I think it's like it's just a shame he does nothing, and it's like oh, um, he's a cheerleader. Sorry, he's a cheerleader. He's a cheerleader. He he's got two powers that are essentially situational, and it's situations that aren't actually that common. Um, 
yeah, it's, it's it's a shame. I don't I don't know what I'm saying. I'd say maybe he can give a boon out or have a, a light attack that can kill a follower. Maybe I don't know. My side, first of all, Rodri. Rodri's still really good. Rodri hits really hard. Rodri can be quite mobile. He wants to be. Banner falls amazing, but obviously you have to time it right. Otherwise, your opponent will get as many banners as you do. It dictated the entire game. It did, and I I basically I missed read what Banner could do, and Azor didn't activate it. What should have done. Um, and as such, it basically affected my entire turn, um, and it can be an absolute, absolute ball breaker because you can plan flags in the not just in the clash phase, but obviously you can plan flags at the end of the clash phase, yeah. and obviously so could your opponent. But if you have got more guidance than they do, it may make a difference, or more shape. Or if you've pushed them around push using them around. pushing powers, they're no longer able to uh, score zones. Or if you're faster, you can actually be in the place they potentially could put flags or if they put their flags down already yeah yeah and that's the other thing um, I think his ultimate is the most game changing you and your opponent play the game differently because of his ultimate and only when it's not being used it's very good you have you, you, your entire turns are bound around or oh, he could powerful this turn so I need to be ready to be able to get something out of that if, I, if possible also the fact that he can't, he can't be moved whilst near if any banner not if it's his own any banner finally he stands still that was a pain. There's also um, who else do you use? I yeah, use Raven Raven. who you know is always amazing. Who made you run out of uh, bl- uh, boon dice? Yeah, whenever you remove a spoochling, you get a boon. I was killing them a lot. Yeah, a lot um, because you realise if you don't kill them, they can go out unchecked and give me so many, <laughs> so many vectors. angles and angles yeah. and things. <laughs> so you didn't have more than one in the games after turn two, did you? Um. No, because you start killing them, which is the right, right thing to do. Yeah, no, I'm very, ha- I'm very. I think that's. Um, I would suggest that to other people. It's like things like red bandits or the odd honor seeker go around and attempt to kill a solution, and not in a kind of. I must spend a lot of time doing this, but in those in those activations where you're kind of wasting them to make sure you you know you you don't lose the initiative, they're great activations to spend killing a solution. Absolutely, or a splashling, whatever they're called these days. Um, the cars in the boot. I'm not sure. Okay. Whirlpools. Whirlpools. <laughs> um, and also Blackjaw, who I haven't used or seen for a while. I don't think either one of us used Blackjaw for quite a while. No. With favourite titles over Blackjaw. But Blackjaw did pretty well. He killed followers when they're good together. He fumbled a whole hex of them. His orcs did a complete 360 lap of the map. <laughs> yes, yes, they really did. Because um, they're really fast. I threatened his wizard a lot with them because if they basically go base to base you know no hex yeah you base away. to base at the end of the plot phase with and, three of them and I threatened two attacks on the wizard which on, on Shale which could have really hurt him yeah yeah I couldn't I couldn't because um, Badger was close enough and Rithru were close enough to finish him off if you put a lot of wounds on it yeah so it really dictated I had to run away from the orcs I managed to run over a, a, a objective hex to put an objective hex between them so I actually managed to get away they're um, good followers they are good followers I think they should go hunt Rangosh yeah that's a good call um, they can keep up with him and they can keep him honest by putting a lot of wounds on him. Actually, that's a good idea. And also, they have the speed that if you deploy them, you can, all, you can even, in some ways, deploy them early in the phase as one of your, your first drops, centre-ish, or even to the one side, and actually use their speed to fake out your opponent. I think, yeah. Because they, they, can, they can move, in the first turn, seven hexes. 
over to one side. Your opponent puts their maelstrom over so close to the thing, gets the maelstrom points, and then, as you say, there's seven hexes across the board, the other Which side of the board. In God tier, that is an almost infinite distance away from someone, isn't it? So it's just... two whole turns of movement for a lot of champions. Yeah. Titus only moves four in his entire turn. Unless he ultimates first. The ultimates can do it. And then he can move six. No, five. 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 So, yeah. And waste his ultimate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, they're really good in that respect, and for stopping and charge and keeping things down, and and for recruiting twice in turns. Not that many of them died, but the very followers. Followers also. Um, he gets three actions when he t- kills a follower. Now, do you think this was a good matchup for, um, as in as in a perfect back, um, uh, matchup for Blackjaw? Because I had both the Red Bandits who were five and the Honor Seekers who were five. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Red Bandits, he loves to kill Red Bandits. It's good for you. It's good for me to kill them as well. Because you can't drain them. Yeah, for Angosh's buffs. I think so. I think, I, think so. I was draining them so um, Blackjaw couldn't kill them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Angosh naturally wants to drain them anyway, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but if you're having obviously, if you're fighting, say, let's half Tusk who's only got three, or Galan who's only got three, that's the problem with Maelstrom char- uh, p- uh, characters is that is they're limited by how many followers are actually on the pitch board. Well, I think that's why if you aren't sure. What um, force you're fighting against, and you're unsure how many followers they're going to have, and what their stats are going to be. Titus is a better pick because it's more well-rounded. Blackjaw, for example, Blackjaw's fireball isn't particularly accurate or damaging against a lot of followers. No, and you probably want a legendary against a lot of things. So ultimate, sorry, against a lot of things. So Blackjaw is how it's more skewed towards, you know. Low. Yes, um, he likes fighting red bandits. Yeah. Um, uh, Retchlings, you know, Retchlings aren't worth any steps except for Belstrom. But I think Blackjaw could do a lot of damage to Retchlings. You can get a lot of steps out of killing them. It, yeah, actually. I mean, he'll also make sure they don't form a mega blob straight away near him because he'll just kill them. Yeah, and I think I think that's a and a really and especially in that sort of matchup, he can put wounds on uh, Grimshala quite easily. Oh, he can. Going to Gimshala with you could in, in theory this is magical Christmas for Yolanda's now isn't it you can in theory kill a follower and get two actions on her yeah although positioning that would probably be difficult to do yes <laughs> for some reason your opponent has to leave Grimshala next to Blackjaw yeah um, which happens due to the, how the phases work and, and sometimes you could do if you go second in the yeah and then they've got a more phase. important thing to do the first time round yeah, yeah so it does happen um, is anybody you're unhappy with or how unhappy with how they worked in your match uh, that he lost by the way I have to quickly point that out <laughs> Wraith Marid is still a hero his teleport's been lowered by a hex of range since we last used him because it's been like that for a while now to be fair but we've been using him for a while I still think he's an absolute rock star his legendary is amazing still sorry his ultimate wrong system he's amazing still his mobile he can do a bit of damage he is a, a flag crushing He's a flag crushing machine. You get putting a, when you play against him, putting a flag down and thinking, right, how can I stop Wraith Red crushing this? It's you can't. Really hard. You probably can't. You can. I did it a few times. Once I had to shift the entire scoring zone. Yeah, all you have to do is move the entire battlefield <laughs> away from him. Also, you can pull a hex around himself. Yep, I still think that's really powerful. Moving moving objective hex by two hexes, which that is. We is... pulled it behind him, and then I lost a, I lost a turn. So I grew that section. Yes. <laughs> he yes. then planted a seed. And then... Yeah, I thought that was very... And then I couldn't ever get to it. No, it was, it was my... They were my hexes. 
Yeah. For good, really. Um, yeah, I think um, I think that my lap matchup wasn't wasn't really bad. I think I could have probably done with someone else with a bit of range pressure, or just more pressure towards Van Gosh because he didn't really have any, much fear of anyone. I think you're no. right. I think my Orcs could have probably had more. Of... I think your Orcs would have done very well against him, um, especially because they could have just you know surrounded him, give him two steps a turn, but he's never going to threaten, threaten your champions because he can't reach him. Yeah, eventually have problems with them being recruited and stuff and getting into them again. But yeah, I said it would help out. Um, yeah, for sure. But that's that was that was it. I think um, I think Shell was certainly better than he was, isn't he? Yes, yes. But getting two actions a turn is only really worth it if they're good actions. Yeah, it's, they don't even need to be good per se. It's just they're so situational. They're, that's it. This is not. Yeah. They're not even a choice sometimes. They are just, I can't do these. Um, I forgot he has three actions a turn halfway through the game. And then remembered halfway through the game and thought, yeah! And then realised, actually, well, I can't I remember, do I remember you sort of went, oh no, I forgot about this, oh no. And then, like, to later, like, oh, he's got three actions. He comes in there with him. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> cool. And, you know, you could argue that's my bad play for keeping him and Landslide separated. But I was happy where Landslide was. I mean, I was really happy where Landslide was. So even if they were close enough, they still wouldn't have done something. Yeah. I mean, if it's one of his powers, heal landslide a wound. Well, we could go forever about what powers could have. Yeah, been, absolutely. Um, I mean, having a a ranged attack like Galana does, maybe. But then again, maybe he's pushing on Galana's space. So well, maybe, maybe, maybe he's meant to be maybe, a, pure, a pure buff control machine. But he's not a buff control machine. He's not a buff not machine. Really. Not really. He doesn't give any buffs out. He can move them around if you're within two of him. Yes. That's only if you're near an enemy with, with boons on you. No, 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 it could be allies as well. Okay. I think. Let's don't quote me on that. He's changed a lot. Remember we had he used to roll three three boon dice and then see what you got. Yeah, absolutely. Well then now and three blight dice in the other one. But now of course you're not gonna have dice anymore, are you? No. The idea of putting conditions on dice is a stupid idea anyway. I don't know, who would come up with that? Yeah. Who indeed. Right, uh, that's probably it. Yes, no, I think that's it. Um, I'm sure there's some music at some point. I'm, I'm sure they'll put someone... Probably me will just fade us out eventually. I hope so. I hope nobody's listened to this bit. This bit would be strange. Yeah.